Welcome to Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. I'm Maria Lisa, last year's winner of the AMA Research Challenge, which is the largest national multi-specialty research event for medical students, residents, and international medical graduates. Today's interview features one of this year's five finalists for the 2022 AMA Research Challenge, interviewed by AMA senior news writer Brendan Murphy. Hello, and welcome to Making the Rounds, a podcast by the AMA. I'm Brendan Murphy, senior news writer at the AMA. Today, we're joined by Ben Maxey. Ben is a finalist for the 2022 AMA Research Challenge. Ben is a third-year medical student at Louisiana State University Health in Shreveport. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. We're psyched to have you. Ben's poster is titled, Audio-Visual Feedback from a Handheld Monitoring Device Improves Manual Ventilation. Ben, I think myself and our listeners are anxious to hear more about your research. So I'm going to start in with a few questions for you. Can you tell us a little bit about this topic, why it appealed to you, and how you got involved in the AMA Research Challenge? Absolutely. So the topic deals with manual ventilation. Uh, So when patients can't breathe for themselves, aren't breathing adequately, uh, providers uh, step in with things called bag valve masks, which are these devices that... uh, press air into a patient's lungs, basically, and breathe for them. Uh, But it turns out uh, it's difficult to do that safely and effectively. So our goal was to come up with a solution that would make that safer and more effective. Um, So the the idea of the research is to develop a device that will give feedback on how much air you're uh, you're providing to the patients uh, and how fast you're doing that to hopefully prevent giving too much air or too little air uh, and keeping the patients safe while you're breathing for them. Um, as far as why it appealed to me, um, so my background is actually in uh, electrical engineering. And so coming into a project like this, it was nice to uh, see the overlaps between uh, engineering and medicine and be able to uh, use my background uh, in my new setting, uh, if that makes sense. It's like to be able to use the engineering uh, experience that I have to make a difference in a medical setting. And it is a unique project. Could you explain to our readers how the device works and how it differs from the typically used technology? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the device, well, I guess the bag valve mask itself is like a self-inflating plastic bag uh, that attaches to a mask. So you put the mask over the patient's nose and mouth, you squeeze the bag and air flows from the bag into the mask into the patient. And the device goes in between that bag and the mask. And then on top of the device, you have this uh, ring of LED lights. Uh, And as you're pushing air through the device and into the patient, uh, that LED ring uh, starts lighting up. Uh, It goes around the circle and closes uh, and changes colors from green to yellow to red once you've hit your your target volume that you're pushing into the patient. And so it gives you visual feedback that way on how much air to give. And then there's also a speaker within the device that uh, gives you audio cues on when you're supposed to start each breath. And for our listeners who want to get a better visualization of this project, visit ama-assn.org slash research22. We have the posters from all five finalists, including Ben's project, that can give you some visual direction if you're looking to kind of understand the project a little more. Moving on to the actual process of conducting this research, Ben, what were some of the challenges you encountered in doing it? So whenever you're doing any kind of device development, there's a lot of uh, like two steps forward, one step back. Uh, it's a lot of testing to make sure certain components work and 
uh, with a device like this, there are several electronic components, several mechanical components that all have to come together and work in tandem at the same time. So there's a lot of testing, um, and at certain times you uh, can move forward with uh, several parts pretty quickly, and then uh, you get to a stage where it's not working, but then you have to test several of the components, you don't know which one's not working. Uh, so the development process of the device itself is uh, can be challenging in that regard. Uh, but once we had the device itself, the, the process of validating it and making sure it's working the way we're uh, intending and it's actually making a difference in the way people give ventilations to patients, uh, that part wasn't quite as challenging as just the development and testing process. What's interesting and unique about this is there's an element of entrepreneurship in it. Absolutely, I, I think so. Um, so, of course, the device that we made is just a rough prototype um, that's pretty enough and... Uh, <laughs> ergonomic enough to make testing easy. Um, but of course, it, it's not necessarily something that would be directly marketed as it is right now. Um, but as far as future steps go, it's definitely something uh, we would want to see used in clinical practice. And although it is just a prototype now, it's it's not too far off from uh, like a final design. And we are in the process of kind of refining the mechanical and electronic components to make it a little bit more appealing to be used uh, in an actual clinical setting. That certainly is exciting, and I think we're all excited to see how this project evolves for you. Um, as far as what you learned and maybe some advice you'd offer to medical students, what would you say are some good lessons for students who want to pursue this type of project? So uh, as far as this kind of research, um, if you're a med student like just getting into research, it can be pretty intimidating um, trying to find something that's interesting to you, and um, especially if you have... Um, like if you've never done this sort of thing before. What I found helped me was to find a, just a lab, um, find a PI that was doing the kind of research I was interested in. So I was interested in mostly just device development in general. Um, and once I found that and found like a good fit with the PI, uh, with the, the doctor that was overseeing the research, um, there's kind of more opportunities to either steer the, the research into a more specific direction that you want, um, or you might find a passion for what's already going on in the lab. Um, so I, I feel like for most kinds of research, in addition to the, the type of research that I'm doing, uh, finding a good mentor and uh, a good lab and good coworkers is the first major step. That's very helpful insight. On an individual level, how will this research impact your career trajectory? Do you see yourself working perhaps as a physician entrepreneur? Uh, yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, like I was saying, we're we're in the process of refining our, our device's design to make it more uh, commercially uh, appealing, uh, if, if you want to call it that. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, with any kind of device, there's regulations and uh, a whole process you have to go through with that. Um, so if it was to be... Uh, used clinically, it would be quite a while in the future just because FDA regulations require that, that long approval process. But uh, there could be other uses. We're, we're testing it right now as a training device. Uh, so we're seeing if it's effective in teaching people how to do these uh, ventilations better, even when you're not using the device. Um, so that could be a route we take it. But yeah, there, there's definitely a possibility down the road of uh, becoming an entrepreneur with devices like this. What else should our listeners know about your journey in medicine? Uh, so my journey in medicine, I guess, 
the most uh, applicable or, or I guess relevant to our conversation is just the different route that I've taken to medical school. And I, I guess the most important thing is that medical school is attainable for whatever background you're coming from. Um, I mean, with me, I was going through engineering and um, it wasn't until halfway through that I decided that medicine was what I wanted to pursue. Um, and so that can kind of be an uphill battle when you've been going through through uh, one major and you decide halfway through that you need to get all these different prereqs and uh, and switch switch your whole frame of mind. Um, but it, it's definitely possible. Um, and honestly, coming from uh, a non-traditional background can even have its advantages. Uh, I mean, having gone through engineering, uh, it's it's easier to see certain concepts in physiology differently, uh, have different analogs to concepts in engineering. Um, and I know I have colleagues in my class that come from non-traditional backgrounds as well that are doing fantastic, whether in other STEM fields or, or things like philosophy and history. Um, so I, I guess that's a salient point is that it's definitely possible and, and honestly advantageous if you're coming from a non-traditional background. So don't let that, don't let that discourage you. And many med students do find different routes to medicine. Um... You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Getting away from the career aspect of this, let's say you do win the challenge, which comes with a $10,000 grand prize. What would you do with that money? Yeah, so um, definitely put uh, at least some of it back into the device. Uh, like I said, we're going through that whole revision process and updating the design and all the testing and components require funds. So uh, some of that should go to the device uh, as far as uh, other potential avenues for it. Uh, part of it could be financing a little bit of tuition. Um, I'm also involved in this uh, project that's focused on STEM education for elementary and middle school kids in our area. And uh, devoting some of the funds to that would be a pretty cool uh, use of the money. We, we run this, um, not really a camp, but it's like a one-day science expo for kids in the area. It's called Ideas Day. Uh, Ideas Day is uh, this uh, event that we put on for elementary and middle school kids and preschool kids uh, once a year that is trying to show them that science and math and engineering is a fun subject and not something to be afraid of. Having some more funds to get some cool exhibits would be a nice way to use that. Oh, that's really touching that you would give back in that regard. Thank you for joining us today, Ben. We really appreciate getting to hear from students like you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. To learn more about Ben's poster and get a visualization of the project, visit ama-assn.org slash research22. A reminder to our listeners, tune into the finals of the AMA Research Challenge on December 7th to see Ben and four other finalists present their work to a panel of expert judges for the chance to win a $10,000 grand prize presented by Laurel Road. This has been Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. I'm senior news writer Brendan Murphy. Thanks for listening. 
Join us on December 7th at 7 p.m. Central Time to see all five finalists present their research to an elite panel of judges. The overall winner will receive a $10,000 grand prize sponsored by Laurel Road. For full details, visit ama-assn.org research 22.